I guess this is the day we're going to be eaten alive by a badger. You know what my least favorite thing about this show is? Mm, what? It's hard to pick. Yeah. <laughs> you play with me. That's what you do. You oh, well, yeah, that's my most favorite thing. You play with me. Like a, like a cat with a mouse in the bathtub. <laughs> Have you never experienced this? Have you ever had a cat? Uh, I'm allergic. So, and, but I mean, allergic to cats or mice because they'll uh, help with the mice. Cats. Gotcha. Never heard of anyone being allergic to mice, though. I'm sure. One would, I mean, I would think that it's possible. Yeah. No. So, yeah. uh, Jim's putting on the Ritz. No, I was just going to say, I put this in my bag this morning. I like Ritz crackers. <laughs> right. and I forgot about it and just realized it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really happy about it. And I don't know why I put it on the desk. Those are so bad for you. What are you talking about? They're just like raw carbs. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to uh, stop me yet. I'm not <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I'm not one to, to complain about health things because I pretty much eat things that are unhealthy so that I gain weight. <laughs> but I just want you to know those would be on the list. <laughs> Jim, those Ritz crackers are really unhealthy. Pardon me while I eat four Baconators, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You well, know, you can get a triple Baconator. Is it normally like a if double? you ask for it? It's not on the menu. I have not consumed a baconator in some time, mm. but you can get them in. Tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a sin to have something like that. But oh, so yummy! It's okay. true. It's true. So, Jim, I saw the Avengers Endgame movie uh, last yes. night. Yes, and I was really excited to talk about it. <laughs> but I know that uh, when this I, episode is released, it will have been out for like a little over a week. Okay. Now, many of our listeners have not seen it. So I'm still going to talk about it. I'm a little troubled though. How, how? how are you excited to talk about anything? Well, excited I mean, for me. What did that feel like to feel like excited to do something? I mean, was it weird? Is it, did you not know how to do it or did it just like, like happen? Not, not know how to be excited. Yeah. I mean, just how did it feel? Yeah. Typically I, I'm not like my limbs. <laughs> I, I become more aware of them than I usually am. <laughs> and I'm not sure where they should go. <laughs> the, <laughs> folks, that's how David gets excited. He's more aware of his limbs. <laughs> <laughs> so this anyway, is, this is amazing. This feeling inside of me. There will be no spoilers, but I want to ah. tell you a handful of things okay. about the movie. All right. That I thought you might find exciting. I wasn't going to say exciting. I was going to say to be facts. Okay. Well, I will sit over here and stare at my limbs and be more aware of them as you, <laughs> as you uh, read your list. So the movie was shot on an Ari Alexa camera with a 65 millimeter 6K by 3K sensor. Oh, that's dumb. The movie was three hours long. But no one cared because they wanted that, right? It was shown on an IMAX screen. You saw it on an IMAX screen. The, the one that I, yeah. Did it look nice and pretty? It, it was. Oh, it, so IMAX is just a completely mm-hmm. different experience. It's wonderful. It, it, like even from, even from. And this is IMAX, IMAX. Theater. Real IMAX, yeah. right? Okay, not, yeah. not 3D IMAX yeah, or whatever. Which is not really IMAX. They just make you pay for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, awesome. The cup okay. holders were so large that the, uh, the, the courtesy water cup that I got yeah. could not fit in the. The courtesy the, water cup. <laughs> yeah. So when we go to the movies, we don't spend money. Okay. Like we just, we get the water cups so that we don't dehydrate ourselves for three hours. Ah, uh, yes. And anyway, it's a survival, right through a the cup holder. Kit. Oh, went right through the cup Because <laughs> it was designed for like the, the, the child size. And by that, I mean, yes, uh, the size of a child. So it went through and Sarah, my, my leg is now wet. What, well, what I mean, do I do? Uh, we were careful. And she said, she said, stop being so excited about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why are you so aware of your limbs? <laughs> 
the movie featured several well-known Hollywood actors playing oh, several sh- well-known characters. I'm sure there was a few. <laughs> uh, and the credits for the movie were very long and consisted of a lot of people who helped make it. <laughs> well, I feel like I got a good handle yeah. on the movie so far. I yeah. mean, um, I feel like... Uh, you don't even like, need to see it at this point, but I didn't spoil yeah, it. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I know everything that happens. Well, I know, but our <laughs> listeners... <laughs> so you can talk to me about it. And I promise to delete all the spoilers. No, Well, we, we don't have time anyway. All right. Thank you all for listening. Have a good week. Bye. Okay. Well, David, another one in the can, huh? I can't believe I just did an entire show with a clown nose on. (laughs) Oh, you sure held your composure well, David. I salute you. Yes. Thank you. Wow. What's with Debbie Downer over there? My name isn't Debbie, Jim. How many times have I told you that? I I know. It's It's just a phrase. No big deal. We need to shake things up around here. There isn't enough momentum. We need a more committed audience, not just bigger. It's time for drastic action. Why are you talking like that? What is with you? The show is going great. Our listenership is growing week after week. We can probably have advertisers soon, even. This thing is really starting to work. What's with you? No. No. No, no, no. No, it is not. You just think that it is. We're headed for trouble, Jim. Big trouble. And I am going to do something about it. Something only I have the capability to do. The strongest actions require the strongest wills, and you are weak. Only I am strong. Uh, hmm. David, is everything okay with you? Oh, yes. Yes. Everything is okay. (laughs) I see clearly. I see the path I am going to take now. I ignored my destiny before. I will not do it again. I am going to eliminate half of all Christian podcasts. Turn to dust gone with the snap of my finger here. It's the only way we are going to have a chance. Don't worry, Jim. I will make it random, for I am fair and just and right. Right. David, is that the infinity gauntlet you're holding right now? Yes. Yes, Jim, it is. Where did you get that? Walmart. Uh, okay. I I don't think that's gonna work. It will. It must. Because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. David, it's not worth it. Some of our friends are podcasters. What about their families? Don't do it, David. Don't you do it. I will. And you cannot stop me. I know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right and yet fail nonetheless. It's frightening. Turns the legs to jelly. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. And now it's here. Or should I say, I am. I can't let you do this. I'm taking that gauntlet away and I'm going to destroy it once and for all. You will try. Ow, 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 my ear! Hey, you bit off part of my ear! Shh, quiet! Be still! What is it with you in my ears? You should have aimed for the head. (laughs) it's done I did it you monster 
Half of all the podcasts are now missing on iTunes. What have you done? I did what had to be done. Nothing more. And now, I shall rest. I hope you're happy. Tell me, David. What did it cost? Everything. Everything. Well, here's hoping that plan works. Want to start the show? Yeah, let's start the show. (laughs) The podcast you are about to hear contains the histrionic and problematic conversations of a stodgy Presbyterian and a casserole-loving Baptist. Their interactions are volatile at times and unpleasant most of the time. In many nations, this is considered a mild form of torture. We strongly advise you to stop this nonsense and go do something useful with your life. Otherwise, if you insist on listening to this mess, welcome to the lightest form of flogging. Thank you, Deep Voice Man. I also welcome you to the lightest form of flogging podcast, episode 43. I am your thoroughly psychoanalyzed host, Jim Briggs, and sitting across the room from me at a contraction negotiated 29 and a half feet is your co-host, David McCookie, who, last Valentine's Day, wrote this to his loved one. Happy Valentine's Day. For me, it is not happy. But don't let my sadness diminish your night. Anyway, life is fleeting and your feelings don't matter. Everyone will die and so will you. So I hope you enjoy my Valentine's Day message. Bye. (laughs) How did you get a hold of that? (laughs) I just uh, looked up Chris Traeger quotes and uh, adapted it it for my own use. (laughs) He's a... Jim Briggs. He's he's a... (laughs) And Perkins, Jim Briggs. He's a hidden treasure, really. Yes. Uh, uh, When you think of uh, Parks and Rec, you don't really think of him. No, but, uh, he had some really good lines, some really good scenes. Hey, David show. Uh, we're still here. We're still kicking. Um, the dust has settled, I guess, in a way. Um, after, uh, after your little stunt there. Yeah. Ho- hopefully it works. Right. I'm glad that randomly we survived. <laughs> I guess we didn't really throw that in the calculations. You know, we kind of risked something there, didn't we? <laughs> that was 50, 50, 50, 50, I guess. Um, so, Hey, um, let's just get started. We kind of, we're on the, we're under the gun today. We are. And uh, we need to kind of move the swift, gun rests above us through our topic. The gun of Damocles. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, jump right into follow up. Do you know the sword of Damocles? No. Uh, the sword mind. of. Uh, no. It'll what? be in the show sword notes. Of, okay. We don't have time. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time, Jim, for your confusion. So let's just <laughs> move right along. Um, so, yeah, follow up. What do you got? All right. So uh, last week I made a what I thought was a Snoop Dogg reference. It was not a Snoop Dogg reference. This was the 99 problems. Uh, only I said 150 songs. It was actually Jay Z. Um, Jay Z. What are you doing? <laughs> isn't he Canadian? <laughs> uh, and then uh, I just wanted to bring up the. I feel like some of our confusion, or some mm. of the the reason that we had a lot of back and forth last episode, was because there was a failure on my part, and maybe also on your part. I think I, I tried to do this, but I didn't do it well, and I think you failed to understand as well. Uh, to distinguish between expressing difficulties with what you're asking me to do, trying to explain why this is a difficult thing you're asking me to do versus uh, arguing against the need to change. Mm. So there were times when I was like, well, I do this because it works. And I know Mm. that instinctively I turn to this because it works for me, Mm. but, but I know that I need to change, but it's hard to override an instinct. And really what I was trying to say was it's hard to override an instinct. Like I'm going to try this. This is something Mm -hmm. that I, that I'm pursuing that I'm trying to do, but but there are a lot more difficulties for me than maybe there would be for your average. So you're uh, just expressing in your David McCookie way struggles that we all have fighting against our instincts, mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to access our better angels, David McCookie. I don't, 
I don't know what I think about that phrase. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, maybe you can convince me otherwise. And then Sarah had a point of follow-up uh, oh, yes. on our discussion. And she was just pointing out that she felt like I wasn't expressing myself well uh, on, on the issue of why it is that I don't think of other people's feelings or, or how, how mm. these, how these things go down. She has an inside track after all. She does. Yeah. And, and for her, we should have had her here. We, sh- we should interview her. Uh, yeah. Just, to, just about me. Why is <laughs> the way he is? What does he do when no one's looking? <laughs> uh, well, definitionally she's looking, but if she's answering, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't, or not. I could answer Maybe that she question. Doesn't. What, Maybe what she doesn't. The, Maybe she doesn't, you know, doesn't what? look at you and no one's looking but then how would she know what i'm doing huh oh good point (laughs) jim just had a moment there that i just had for everybody (laughs) i'm glad we shared that you and i keep going uh so anyway she was pointing out and we talked about this for a while but the 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 brief way to summarize it was long into the night essentially there are things that people do in communication other than express blunt facts Mm -hmm. uh things in terms of body language things in terms of tone things in terms of how they choose to express things dancing around an issue before finally saying it or not saying it but saying everything but it so it's obvious that the thing has basically been said also actually dancing around as they talk right like the pentecostals true um ribbon dancing um jim actually promised to teach me this next weekend one of these days Um, so anyway, uh, that's a thing that people are doing and it's a language that I don't speak in the sense that I don't understand it. And I also don't know how to, I'm not good at, uh, speaking it out loud. Uh, Mm. you know how people will say like, Oh, Spanish. Yeah, I can read it, but I can't speak it or vice Mm. versa. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, I can't do either. Uh, (laughs) at least I I mean, I can, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, like I don't have Asperger's, but I'm borderline. Yeah. And (laughs) I was actually once asked legitimately like, (laughs) By, I'm laughing, but I kind of believe that. And, uh, <laughs> Someone really wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, this was in college. And you anyway, said it's more like a lighter form of uh, Asperger's. So anyway, uh, th- that's a, that's an extreme difficulty for me. And so what that translates into is essentially me speaking Arabic and like swearing in Arabic to the person I'm talking to while trying to speak in English to them. Right. And they're hearing all my swearing in Arabic and getting really offended. And they're swearing back at me in Arabic and getting angry and offended. And the, the, I can't understand what they're saying. I have no idea that they're getting upset that they're, that they're getting offended. And I also have no idea that I'm communicating these things that are offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And, and their, their typical method of dealing with it isn't to be direct about it. Like, Hey, what you just said was really hurtful to me. It's more like being meany nicey, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was a word for that, like passive aggressive. Anyway, they, or, or maybe it's not even passive aggressive. They're just, mm-hmm. they're trying to hint at it to be polite. And I'm just, I'm missing all the hints because I'm thinking about transubstantiation or, or whatever. As you do. Uh, so anyway, that, I mean, that, that it's an extreme analogy, but that's essentially what's happening is I'm communicating things that I don't mean to be communicating and the things being communicated to me, I'm not even ca- knowing that they're happening. So you're using the idea or explanation tool of you speaking a language right and another person speaking a different language you may speak both you may not but like the 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 turmoil has something to do with that yeah it has interesting way of putting it i like that yeah it it has to do with me accidentally saying things and then saying things and me not knowing that they're saying them interesting um okay all right i wish i had more to say that about that but i don't me too me too well not really we don't have a lot of time we don't so We'll just have to let that simmer. Let's see how many times I can say that this episode. We don't have a lot of time, Jim. (laughs) We don't have any time. Um, um, So, okay. Well, that was uh, robust and uh, enlightening. 
instructive. Yeah, yeah sure. I feel like we know uh, more about you. I feel uh, like you're being meany nicey now. Meany nicey. What's another word for it? Passive aggressive, something like that. Anyways, um, let's move uh, right along. Let's, <laughs> you know, that's a Parks and Rec let's, reference. Let's move crisply along and uh, get into our main topic. So uh, before we get into that main topic, we should say we should probably finally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take a break from the uh, from psychoanalyzing each other. <laughs> Going, going, oh, uh, taking a deep dive on the on Sieg, Siegfried's couch that mm. we've been doing because we've just been getting deep into it. We just need a break. Yes, we need a break. From I'm that. tired of your head. Yes, me too. Um, uh, don't blame you. So, uh, with that said, this is going to be a bit of a palate cleanse, if it could be even that. Probably Bill has Bill ha- Bill Hasinger's Palette Depot. Palette Bill Hasinger's Palette Cleansing Depot. There it is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill Hasinger. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break from Bill for a while. Um, so sad. So anyways, so we're, today we're going to talk about uh, a topic that was uh, put forth by David entitled the superhero comic model of villainy and evil. Timely, right? Apt, relevant, you know, uh, mm-hmm. celebrating mm-hmm. or commemorating the release of a certain Avengers movie. We're going to talk about comic book villainy. And or again, no spoilers. In general. Yes, no spoilers. Well, there might be, if you're really, if you're really bent on spoilers, there might be Infinity we're, War the, spoilers in the here. The Avengers-y stuff we're going to talk about today could probably be isolated to the first Avengers movie, in fairness, so. Well, yeah, to, to the, you mean the first, you mean Infinity War, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to talk anything about Oh, yeah, that's what uh, I meant. Endgame. Okay, that's but what all I meant. of that to say, like, if you, if you haven't seen Infinity War and you're looking yeah. to not know anything about it, probably anything that we say is going to be common knowledge by now. Yeah, we'll we'll try and avoid it. But we'll, yeah. So this is an interesting topic. Today. I I chose this. I wanted to talk about it because this was this was interesting to me, and I think it might be interesting to our listeners. I thought it was kind of uh, boring, but what interested me about it was yeah. the fact that you're interested in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this is something that it's. It, I guess it's that that rare moment when you achieve uh, uh, an intellectual kinship with somebody. Ah, yes. They say that they believe something and you believe it too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that when that happens, you just feel like you feel, you feel mentally loved. Do you want to recite the Apostles' Creed now? <laughs> I didn't expect it to go that way. Uh, but, uh, but No one ever does. But if you would, David, could you, um, could you possibly enlighten our listeners as to uh, your general idea, what is the, com- the 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 superhero comic model of villainy and evil? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. do you mean by this, and and why 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 did you why did you think of this? So I don't remember What's what I deal? was watching, but I was watching something with superhero. I think Sarah and I recently watched through a lot of the Marvel movies. That might have been what it was um, mm-hmm. to get uh, keyed up, or just for just yeah, for, for like like as uh, I say recently, we watched like through most of them over the last like four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and you made an observation, I'm assuming. Yeah. The observation came to me while we were watching. I think it was probably one of the villains was just bent on revenge. Like that was his thing. Do you remember like, which he just, one? I don't remember at all. No, okay. might've been Iron Man. Three. Doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, two. If it was, if it was either, if it was any of them, it would have been two. Yeah. Um, yeah, another one. The, the the Russian guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. The Russian guy. Wanting to get revenge. <clears throat> and it was just occurring to me that in a lot of these movies, especially superhero movies, especially comic book based movies, mm-hmm. um, not so much comic books themselves, uh, but there's not a nuanced villain. There's not a villain who has mm-hmm. a backstory and a compelling reason why he might want to be doing the things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even when they have a reason, period, mm-hmm. it's not always 
it's just obvious that like they're the bad guy. Like like yeah. anybody who was not like severely mentally like like neurotic in some mm-hmm. sense would know that what they're doing is wrong. Like Thanos should know that his plan to destroy half mm-hmm. the world, half the universe, to kill half the universe, delete what's the word he used? Nullify. Anyway, yeah, he should like that. know that that's bad. Like that, that is an evil thing. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where like nobody really tries to convince him. Like 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 legitimately sit hmm. down and like hey guy, let's let's talk about this. Well, yeah. Uh I mean, yeah, that wouldn't make a, much the, much of a movie. Well, like uh like he just kind of had these beliefs and then all of a sudden started enacting his plan. Oh right. wait, oh this is why he's getting his stones. He wants to kill everybody. We have to use all of our time, resources, and energy to stop him. But maybe we should stop and chat with him. Right. And I mean, to, to be fair, like that's probably what he did a lot of like secret. shout things at him. Like you can't do this. It's mean. Like yeah. it's clear to the audience, at least that what he's doing is completely evil. That's the point. Right. Right. But, but what you're saying is it, it, it got really interesting that they gave Thanos or rather Thanos is a villain who has not just, at least on the surface, completely evil, crazy, maniacal motives. You no, know? I think Thanos is not a good example. Thanos, Thanos. I, I think it's, I always say Thanos. I, you I keep say getting this. Logos confused. You say this, but I think, I think you, meaning, meaning you disagree with the, with the statement that Thanos is a very nuanced villain. Right. He has some intentions, good, at least um, in his mind. Right. There's a real reason why he's trying to do this. He's trying to do it for, a, in his mind, a good reason. Mm-hmm. You disagree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, the, clearly he thinks that it's right, but they they don't they don't give you a, an emotional right. buy in. Like good, uh, I yeah. think that good stories give you a reason to even empathize if if you're capable of that as a person mm-hmm. with the villain. Like I what like, this is like. Like a, yeah. an interesting example of this. I don't know if you've watched any of the Blacklist on uh, NBC. Yeah. Christine, I like that show. We probably watched up to season four. Um, like James Bader's character in that. He's yeah. a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But like but you, so much of the bad stuff that he does, you're like, well, I mean, and you root for him. Yeah. You end up rooting for the you bad guy. You almost want him to be successful. I mean, I, uh, I think his name's Red, right? Redmond? Ray- Raymond Reddington. He's actually a pretty bad dude. Oh, he, yeah. He does some things in that show. Like, I remember all the way back to season one. I got to stop. I should not be geeky here. Be geeky, <laughs> but we're going to do it. I'll make it quick. I think it was sometime in season one where he was betrayed by a number of people close to him. Mm-hmm. And the whole episode, the entire episode was him exacting this really nasty revenge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on all these people doing some pre- murdering people. Right. And doing some really horrible things. And you almost like at the time, you're not rooting for him, but you're understanding what he's doing and you're like emotionally still with him. You're, 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 not, you're, you're emotionally not invested because you feel like there'll be, there'll be some sense of completion. Yeah. Things will be right once he gets revenge. Yeah. And, and throughout the rest of the series, he still does some nasty things, but he's a guy that you somehow want to go on the emotional roller coaster with him. Right. You want to go along with him. And you don't, you don't have to take example. it that far, but it would have been really interesting, for example, to see a Thanos, Thanos, uh, I need to stop saying his name. Is it Thanos or Thanos? Just say Thanos. Thanos. Just say Thanos. You'll okay. be fine. Uh, Thanos. I literally just watched the movie last Thanosius. night. Thanos. Thanos is like, it would have been really interesting to see a movie mm-hmm. that was his origin story. Yeah. Like, I mean, they go into yeah. it in, in a couple of different a movies, a little bit here and there, but yeah. you never, you never connect with him. He's always just the big mean purple guy. He's the big baddie up until Avengers. And then they explain a little bit of why he's doing what he's doing, but it's, but it's not enough. I will say that I think 
the little that they did, I'll admit that they did it a little bit. They could have gone a little bit more into Thanos's backstory, right, to kind of help you relate to him a little bit more. But I will say this: um, just a little anecdotal story for you. When I saw Endgame, or uh, rather, um, Infinity War, I saw mm-hmm. it with a friend, and just by happenstance, um, I saw some friends coming into the theater that I knew, uh, people that you would know too, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he sat down. And we watched the movie. And at the end, he looked at me, possibly a little inebriated. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> and it just looked at me and said, Thanos did the right thing. <laughs> now, now, granted, this guy, right. this guy, he's a little, he's a little extreme sometimes. <laughs> um, so he probably was, had a, a, a little bit of his tongue in a partial portion of his cheek. <laughs> but, uh, but I... I, I think he keyed in, he clued into something that I think that they did uh, somewhat well, which is give Thanos a justification for what he was doing. Right. And I think that that's the, that's the, the farthest they've gone in the Marvel universe. I, in my opinion, no, they may not have done it as well, but I think they, they kind of gave you a little bit of that nuanced villain. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. You know, not the Uber baddie, not the emperor Palpatine that just has no conscience whatsoever. You know? Right. Well, and Star Wars is another really good example. Yeah, like I, yeah. ha- I have this in the notes. Like this was this was interesting. I never thought of it this way. Episodes four through six. There's so much. Episodes four through six are told like a myth, in the sense that mm. like they're well, myths don't typically have tremendous backstory. They don't typically have mm. politics. They're just like bigger than life figures struggling. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and so episodes four through six, like you don't know anything about the political structure. No. It's, it's hinted at that. It's there here yeah. and there. You don't know why the bad guys are bad, what their motivation is. You don't really know why the good guys are good, what they're hoping to accomplish. Like yeah. what, what, what side, what, what state does each side want the galaxy to be in? Yeah. Well, one wants something bad and the other wants something good. Yeah. Now here's a movie. And um, you're a kid when you watch it. So it makes sense, right? Right. When we're ch- this whole thing, this whole thing, the reason why we're talking about this today is because when we're kids, we don't necessarily perceive the nuance, right? The the bad guy that that wants to be, as you say, judged when all is said and done because he believes he will prevail because his intentions are good and right in his mind, right, or her mind. Um, but when we're kids, we don't really think about that. Well, you don't have the you don't have the categories for no. it, right? And and you don't let your kids watch uh, the blacklist, yeah, because you don't want them like yeah <laughs> really confused about what right and wrong are, <laughs> which is. Which is, you wonder why we're watching it. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those shows I where... I really like this Redmond guy, this horrible guy, you know, who has ruined so many lives. Bill There's, Gates? <laughs> the Blacklist with Bill Gates. Bill and Melinda Gates. Um, that was a anyway. Redmond reference, but anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, now we're doing Blacklist uh, uh, Redmond reference? What is that? Uh, Microsoft's headquartered in Redmond, Washington. I don't, how is it? Okay. Okay. You said the Redmond guy. <laughs> It was funny. You should just leave all of that out. Let me have no, said Bill Gates. No, we'll I'm leaving that in so I can, I can, so people can relate to me <laughs> and how I struggle sometimes <laughs> to follow your references. It was, it was very cryptic. Well, I was, I was thinking like some tech reformation well, listeners would get it and that was it. At least your villainy has some good intentions. No, so anyways, no, uh, no, but yeah, you're right. When I was a kid, all I knew was there's an empire. You don't know how they became the empire. And there's these Darth Vader was, the rebels. was a bad guy. Right. I grew up thinking Darth Vader really was a true bad guy and he is right. But then the prequels come along and then you, and they they just give backstory to everything, everything. And now when I watch Darth Vader, he's not really, he's more of a tragic figure to me now. Right. You know what I mean? Cause he does come back. 
Um, it will, and it changes fundamentally mm-hmm. the nature of four through six. Yeah. Like everything about them. Yeah, you're right. It, it does. Because it wasn't, you said um, like poli- the, the, the political turmoil and backstory mm-hmm. are emphasized in the prequels. Well, and, and that and, helped and, explain the, the four through six, you know? Yeah. And Lucas felt the need to explain everything like, oh, the force, <laughs> it's midichlorians. Oh, this, it's that. Yeah. Like, like it's literally just, it, really it's the Wikipedia of, <laughs> of Star Wars in terms of mm-hmm. uh, just explaining everything. Yeah. Which is, I think it actually makes, makes four through six worse. Um, really? Like, I don't need to know about midichlorians. The, the, oh, the midi- Well, yeah, I think you and I and everybody else. And the backstory and all that. Like, it's it's more fun to think of a world where, like, of course that stuff exists, but not knowing yeah. is kind of more fun because your imagination has more room to play. And also, yeah. Lucas's backstory just wasn't that good. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Uh, the prequels, we kind of, at this point, have accepted them for what they are. And we coexist with them in our cin- cinematic lives. Right. Um, and we don't, and for that reason, we don't really talk much it's about it. It's a sort our- of symbiosis. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's the, the the parasite that kills us. It takes uh, our life force from us little bit by little bit. Was there any aspect? I work. I gotta try and stay on topic here. Mm-hmm. But is there mm-hmm. any aspect of the prequels that you thought was a good backstory? Like did like Hayden Christensen's acting ability aside, and George aside. Lucas's directing ability aside, um, did you? Because all of a sudden, Darth Vader became a ten year old boy, you know, and you felt. I mean, you had great sympathy for him. He was a slave, and his Right. Eventually lost his mother and was this crazy mentally messed up kid who was put through, you know, Jedi training. Right. Probably was probably not a very good idea. But anyways, Mm. uh, anyway, so was there anything that was any of the nuance now good for you? I don't know. I I haven't really thought about this. I like in broad strokes. There's a lot that I think would have been better left unexplained. Did the comic book villains become more. I guess I'm struggling to find the phrase here, but relatable or relatable. Did you see for sure? I mean, Darth Vader Vader just becomes this completely different character. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I mean by like, if I had to choose between a villain who's relatable and a villain who's not for episodes four through six, I kind of like the idea of the villain who is, Mm -hmm. who's not relatable. Like, like I like the original better, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's a matter of personal taste, I guess. But isn't, uh, but, but what's the point of all this? Why do writers do this? You know, why are there so many, we're talking about villainy, but they're on the, on the other side, the hero side, there are what they call anti-heroes, you mm-hmm. know, like Redmond is an anti-hero. Jack, Jack Bauer, Redding, what did I say? Redding, Redmond. Redmond? Mm-hmm. No, his, oh, Raymond his, it is, it is, it is Reddington. Yep. And I said Redmond, mm-hmm. which I deserve this pause <laughs> because you gave <laughs> me the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I deserve this. Raymond Reddington, he's the anti-hero. Jack Bauer is another who at first was kind of an anti-hero, then he kind of turned into this this altruistic, all good mm. hero. But he was originally thought of and conceived of as an anti-hero, mm. a hero that does the right thing, but not for the right reasons, mm-hmm. not all the time. But isn't that the point though? That this that it makes stories interesting. Oh, for it sure, makes villains interesting. Yeah, I, like yeah. like my issue with Star Wars isn't the fact that there is backstory. It's mm-hmm. it's more the fact that like it takes Star Wars and changes it from something that was good on its own. To now it's this weird hybrid. Like before it was a mythology and now it's like this full, this full backstory thing with, with a story that's not honestly as interesting as the mythology was. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's specific to star Wars. Like Mm -hmm. anyway, that, that, that's neither here nor there. The point is that some stories have villains, like many stories in our our culture Mm -hmm. have villains who are just so clearly wrong that, that no, like, 
no sane person would be doing or thinking mm-hmm. the things that this villain is saying. And I, I kind of feel like maybe that has started to impact the way that we as a culture, we as a church culture, even think about right and wrong. So tease that out a little bit. So how much, what's the parallel? So if all the villains know that they're bad and they're being bad to be bad. Yeah. Like knowingly bad. No, truly evil. Right. Then, then that's what sin is, right? Sin is easy to understand. It's it's easy to understand. And it's a thing that when somebody does it, they know that they're doing it. They don't think they're right to do it. Mm -hmm. But the simple fact of the matter is that like most sins, people feel at least in the moment justified in doing Mm -hmm. or have theological justifications for doing. Mm -hmm. So like in a world filled with Darth Vader's and Jafar's and, and Thanos's Thanos only barely fits the category, but the Russian guy from Iron Man too. Yeah. Jafar is another one where like, Oh, he's just clearly evil. Like that. Like the character just wants to rule the world. Like that's his thing. (laughs) He just wants to rule the world guys. Just let him just like, he just wants to enslave you all. Yes. (laughs) uh, Because he thinks that you'll be happier that way. Like, like that's so many of the villains. And in a world where that's what evil is, then the guy who decides to use a smoke or not a smoke, a fog machine in worship because he thinks that it's enhancing the experience for the people worshiping. Mm -hmm. Well, he's a good guy, right? But but in in, because of, because of his intentions, because of his intentions, he's just trying to help. He's just trying to be a good guy. And and if, if your concept of a bad guy is only people who are bad to be bad, like people who are self-aware, knowingly being bad, Mm -hmm then then you don't have a category for people who who set up the fog machine because they really want the worship service to be better they're trying they do it with all their might mm-hmm. they you know they get there early they they make personal sacrifice they they bought this fog machine themselves uh to bring it in and and they're going to run the lasers and they see it as as a work of art for god mm-hmm. and like that person is really 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 evil mm-hmm. like like they they fundamentally don't yeah. understand what worship is i hope i hope none of our listeners are going to fight me on this um, obviously I have a stronger view of the regulative principle than, than no, no, no. you have a higher view of the regular principle than everyone. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> then, then, then maybe then you do, or some of our listeners sure. do, but I think the, the lasers and fog guy, like, I think that's a, a decent example for this. Well, the listeners, I don't think they're going to fight you on this. They're, they're just thinking, oh, wow, he did it again. He hoodwinked me. We were talking about comic book villainy and nuance. <laughs> and now all of a sudden the 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 fog machine guy is upper palpitate <laughs> which i think was just very dexterous of you i mean or Thank dex, you. dexterous or dexterous uh, ambidextrous, ambidextrous. Uh, left handed and right handed yeah i mean that's just it was a feat it was a, both a, sinister and right handed a podcasting feat mm-hmm. and you had good intentions in that um, well and that this is what the topic is the topic is right. like how does that view of villainy and evil yeah. affect our ability to write and you know it doesn't have to be the issue of worship it could be the mother who gets an abortion because she thinks it's the right thing for her child. Mm-hmm. So we don't call her a murderer, even though she is. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, ultimately, it wouldn't be very useful for you and I to just sit here and talk about how interesting it is that villainy can be nuanced. That's, I mean, that's, I guess that's interesting to a point. Yeah. For like but, four minutes. <laughs> but how do we, uh, how has this affected us? You know, right. how has this helped us or changed our thinking? And, um, and you're saying to an earlier point that there's a consequence to this, this perhaps emphasizing too much the good intentions of a villain. And I mean, all it's I can do is... It's affected us as a culture. Do you, I mean, is that, is that what... You, I'm just trying to summarize it. Right. Are you saying that's at least one of the factors that has, that has influenced us as a culture and how we think of right and wrong, at least in the church? 
you know? I think so. Like yeah. all I can do is draw a correlation. I can't, I can't say that there is cause and effect, but okay. it seems like maybe, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe our villains are so evil because our theology says that evil people should know that they're evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so where, I mean, is, is there anything redeeming about this, this type of this, this type of thinking that not all villains are Emperor Palpatine, you know, where has it been kind of like a positive thing for you? No, oh, I mean, I think that is the positive thing. Like, like yeah. I think the positive thing is to understand that most people, like most of the time, somebody's doing something bad. They don't, they're not acting out thinking this is bad. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, to take this a step further, I mean, yeah, that's true. I agree with you, but, but you're also saying, I think, and I'm saying too, um, that right is right and wrong is wrong, despite the good intentions of a person. I right. agree with that. Right. So, I mean, um, but I think of that and I think, okay, well, in my own life, I, I justify sins more right? with that than with somebody else. I try not to think the worst of them because of this concept, mm-hmm. that their villainy is a little bit more nuanced, that their intention is not to just be completely evil. Right. They have good intentions in their mind. So what do I do with that? You know, I mean, the, I'm trying to find there's the obvious bad, but where's the good? You know what I mean? This is this is a tricky thing, too, because saying that somebody has good intentions is probably a different thing from saying somebody thinks they have good intentions. OK, what do you mean by that? Um, so the the woman who has an abortion, right? She her intentions in her mind are good. Because, A, she doesn't think that what she's doing is murder. And B, she thinks that Possibly. if she were to bring this child into the world, or, or she's convinced herself that what mm-hmm. she's doing is a murder. Most people don't go in thinking this is murder and I'm going to do it. They're not Jafar. But so, so she's convinced herself on at least some mm-hmm. level that, that what she's doing isn't murder. And she's also convinced herself that it would be cruel to raise a child in the context in which she lives. And, mm-hmm. and to be fair, it might actually be the case that she's going to, to, to of necessity of her state in life, uh, provide a really poor experience, like life experience for this child. Mm-hmm. Like that may actually be the case. And so she, her, in her mind, what she thinks she's doing is good. She thinks she has good intentions and she thinks what she's doing is good. Mm-hmm. But, but in reality, uh, what she's doing is bad and her intentions are also bad. L- like, like it is, it is a wrong intention to think I don't want this child to suffer. So I'm going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that it, like, like you think that it's good. Yeah. I understand that, but it actually isn't. Whereas there are yeah. people who do bad things, maybe accidentally, mm-hmm. like, like, Oh, I was trying to be nice to you. So I got you this candy bar. And then it turned out that it had nuts in it and it, it affected the world, the person eating the candy bar mm-hmm. in a bad way, but they had actually good intentions. They were just trying to be nice. Yeah. This good intention phrase, I feel like needs to be almost qualified because there's good intentions and then there's perceived good intentions. Yeah. Or, or supposed you, good intentions. Supposed good or, intentions. Yeah. So, so if I say good intentions and don't say that, that's probably what I mean. Um, so, but I think, I think our culture then because of this concept, they give the girl who had an abortion uh, more of a break right. or, or all of the break. So then she's in front of the judge. What happens to her because of her at least perceived good intentions? You mean, you mean the judge of all the earth because in front of a, 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 th- a hypothetical judge, I know what's going to happen on that day. Right. But well, I mean, abortion is not illegal, so she's not even going to be brought before the judge. Uh, that's why this is a hypothetical, uh, not an actual court. Um, so yeah, I'm tr- what I'm trying to get at is that, that we have now given villains lots of grace now. 
Yeah, people who people yeah. who don't perceive because themselves of as perceived villains. good intentions, or you might not even agree that they're good intentions, but this person believed that they're good intentions, so we can't punish them as much as we would for you know just completely evil. Right. You know? Right. Is that valid? You know, I mean, it's certainly the case that not all sins are equally uh, heinous. Like, like it certainly is the case that some things are worse than others, and that there are aggravating factors like sinning with knowledge that make a sin worse than for example, sinning without knowledge mm-hmm. uh, or sinning, uh, sinning with, with less knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of valid, but, but I like what the distinction you made there where like you give them somewhat of a break, like, like you say, okay, okay. well, it's not as bad as it could have been. I was wondering what you were going to say, but I got you now. Versus giving them the whole break. Oh, well you thought you were doing something good. So it's totally fine that you murdered someone. So why did you find this interesting? Because I started to perceive this like in my 20s when I started watching or when I was watching movies, I would kind of look at this villain. And I'm thinking, hmm, there's really. This villain is almost boring. It mm-hmm. might just be because I was desensitized for just watching a lot of movies as a kid and in, into early adulthood where I like thought, OK, well, here's a villain. Uh, he's completely evil. Uh, is very evil, wants to harm and destroy uh, lots of things, and that's just that's just the way he is or she is, and 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 that's I guess that's easy. It started to become kind of curious to me. Mm-hmm. I started to see these villains that had a story. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has a story, kind of like the Thanoses. Um, I started to see more of them, and I started to think, huh, this makes the story so much more interesting because I can't just accuse this guy too much anymore. Hmm. But for me, where it really became interesting was looking at the heroes. The heroes, just like most villains aren't just complete monsters. I mean, they, they do monstrous things. Mm-hmm. They might actually be a monster, but their intentions are not monstrous. Mm-hmm. And that was an important detail for me. What about heroes? You know, I began to look at antiheroes and like antiheroes more than regular heroes. Regular heroes just, just kind of annoyed me like the superman the 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 guy who stands superman. for truth justice Great in the american example. way example do you know that i mean superman is probably the most powerful one of the most powerful superhero char- characters ever created mm-hmm. and he's so nice and altruistic and i mean you you almost just want him to be a dirtbag sometimes because <laughs> it's just like does he ever get tired of being this good and awesome and humble mm-hmm. and amazing and I think that kind of worked against him over time. Mm. He could be probably the most popular superhero character around, but he isn't. Wolverine is. Because Wolverine's kind of a dirtbag in a way. Right. In some ways. Or Batman. Batman is also another guy who's not who's not really well, I mean, I don't know. Well, Batman's like a vigilante. Like everything he does is right on the line. But he does work with standards, right? He didn't he didn't really like to kill right. kill people too much. He didn't like to use not guns. Too much, yeah. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Careful, Jim. <laughs> um, but uh, but I guess Batman's a good example. He's he's a hero that people like more, not just because he's he is not from Krypton mm-hmm. and doesn't really have these innate superhero abilities. That's not the reason. I think people relate to him more because he's more conflicted. He's right. a guy with pain, you right. know. He uh, a, a lot of these things he does is because of this child this childhood traumatic traumatic childhood event. Superman doesn't really have any of those nuances. He's just an unnuanced hero. Right. That's just as annoying as the unnuanced villain. Yep. The unnuanced villain, I think, is easier to understand. But um, for me, um, growing more suspicious of any hero that is 
has all these such great pure intentions. I don't think that existed. It kind of like soured me on the, the hero and villains thing. Hmm. Like uh, I started to, I mean, it, I think it started to affect me negatively in that I just really didn't believe in heroes anymore. <laughs> How sad, Jim. <laughs> what a sad thing to say. But uh, I just, I guess I just, I lost kind of faith in the uber good hero, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I, I wanted to know uh, the bad intentions of a hero. I wanted to focus on that more. Mm-hmm. So I started liking these Raymond Reddington guys, you know, they're more interesting to me. I think that's a more realistic hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really a pessimistic thing. It's a really pessimistic view and I haven't really kind of gotten out of it, you know? Right. I'm just suspicious of really, really good heroes. Right. Like Captain America is another good one. But this is the funny thing. I kind of like Captain America, you know, <laughs> because he, uh, you understand why he's so good, you know? Because uh, he's American. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say it, but you did first. No, I mean, <clears throat> what I mean is you kind of understand and maybe buy his goody two shoesness because hmm. you kind of get the, the, the place he grew up. Right. He his already, context. He already is innately kind of a, a good guy a little bit. Um, he's very idealistic. That's kind of the source of his goodness, really. He just never breaks off from that kind of stuff. Right. And special circumstances also. But yeah, Captain America is really this this really good guy. And I really like Captain America, so he doesn't he doesn't annoy me. But I really I would I would probably much better appreciate a more gritty Captain America. You know? Well and, and it's kind of interesting because in a lot of the movies, he has a lot of difficulties with the rest of the the Avengers team because he refuses to admit nuance into the equation. Mm-hmm. Like the bad guy is bad, we have to stop him. Well, but maybe the bad guy is right about these things. It doesn't matter. The bad guy is bad. We have to stop him. Mm-hmm. Like his, his and and what they're trying to say in that is that like 1940s ethics mm. are simplistic. Mm-hmm. And and I I do kind of think that there has been this trend in our culture where like like you can see it in Star Wars too, right? Like you start with episodes four through six, and and everything is clear. There's no nuance. Mm-hmm. The bad guys are bad. The good guys are good. You go mm-hmm. to the uh, to the prequels, and now all of a sudden you find out that the bad guy has reasons for being bad, and he's still bad, but like mm-hmm. you can understand why better. And then yeah. then you get to the movies that are being made today, and you've got characters making arguments that like there really aren't any good guys or bad guys. Like I'm yeah. just supplying guns to everybody. Tony Stark is just a, a, a I was about to say something bad. He's a bit, he's a bit of a dirt bag, <laughs> but you know he's hero hero he's heroic enough. Why then does Captain America still work then? Following your your kind of train of thought here, hmm. why does he still work? I, I because mean, he's annoying. <laughs> Captain America is annoying, right? But he's still like he's 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 the man now. I mean, he's popular in the movies, right? Um, probably just because he's played by a really you know probably a, a great casting choice, probably one of the best casting choices other than Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. But why is that guy still you know killing it? Because he's just really not the. I think a lot of people long hero. for the simplistic form. Like, like, wouldn't you rather live in a world where all the villains wore hats that said "I'm a villain"? Because it's easier, yeah. And he he's the hero that comes from a world where all the heroes wore hats that said "I'm a hero." Mm-hmm. And like, there's no, I don't know, like, like you kind of long for that. You kind of long for the good guy, like for well, there to be a good guy. Yeah, I mean, the our 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 idealism is destroyed somewhere in our 30s. It happens to us all. <laughs> um, but I guess maybe he taps into that. Like a child, like childhood, you know, man, it's just awesome to watch the hero win, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is still, I guess the case. 
And maybe that's it. Because after all, we are talking about comic books. You have <laughs> right. to suspend disbelief just to enjoy them right. a little bit. So yeah, there is that. But I mean, if comic books weren't somewhat relevant to our own experience, then they wouldn't be very useful or mm-hmm. they wouldn't be consumed as much as they are or purchased. You know? I mean, I just like everybody else, I, had, I still have my box of comic books that I collected when I was a kid. Yeah, everybody has those. Yeah, well... Maybe not that many people. I've never, but. Got, I've never gotten into comic books. I just, as I said that, I realized, you know, Jim, probably like 4% of the population <laughs> still has their comic books from when they were kids. So, yeah, but I still have them. And I, I mean, I, I, I lived that superhero life, you know, it was all about it. Hashtag, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it all changed and I started liking grittier stuff, mm-hmm. really gritty stuff. I want my villains to be almost like completely good. And I want my heroes to be just, you know, closet, uh, because uh, <laughs> it's, it's just more realistic to me, you know, and mm. it gives a hope, uh, gives hope for a guy like me. I feel quite villainous. In fact, I am quite villainous on the inside. And uh, I'm really not the hero that I thought I wanted to be when I was a kid. It just is not possible for me anymore. I wonder you if know? that's part of why we give people the pass. Like well, you, yeah. you, you just said that. What do you mean? Like uh, you, you like your villains to be nuanced and your heroes mm-hmm. to be nuanced because mm-hmm. you know that you're mm-hmm. that you're not a good guy, right? Like if we if we're really just looking at like I'm like a villain to some and a hero to others, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like to our listeners, a villain, a villain. Who are you a hero to? Ah, uh, my kids still think I'm Superman, like but, the really know, young ones. But that really that, that kind of fades. <laughs> Um, but no, no, you know what I mean? Like we're like, like we're, we're kind of like prepping the, prepping the judgment scale so that like, well, if we can let this guy off, like, yeah, like maybe I'll get off. That's exactly it. Well, that's a big part of what it is. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I guess I admittedly do that. You know, I, I, I just say, oh, well, I'm really glad that villain was, was understood finally. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, it gives even, me hope he, that like maybe someday I will get the same treatment. <laughs> even taking it outside the context of the of the villains, right? Like we're yeah. nice to the guy who did the fog machine because we know that we've that that we've done the same thing. We've mm-hmm. done things that end up being objectively wrong, yeah. even though we had what we thought in the moment were good motives. So we should yeah. we should let him off easy because we got to let me off easy, right? I know I am. You know, I I used to be the guy who would probably you know try and shank the fog machine guy because mm-hmm. I was just that overtly simplistic, idealistic ideologue just to be redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I liked it. And uh, th- I was like that. And over time I realized that I need to give that guy a break. Not because I need a break, but because I just began to understand that there are, you know, the, the political adversaries in our lives, we don't have to think that they're Hitler, you know? Right. Once you get past that, your life gets a lot better and you think, think more charitably of other people. Hmm. Um, and that from like politically, that was a, a consequence of this kind of thinking. You know, I, I don't, I don't think the opposing side is as villainous as I used to. Right. Um, and I think that is a good thing. You know, that's a good thing, but I don't want to take this too far. You know, like kind of like you're saying, like the fog machine is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we should probably get rid of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how to do it, I guess, is I guess is really what we've been trying to talk about. I, I mean, you know, I think the fog machine guy is bad. I'm just okay with the fact that he is well, because yeah, I'm yeah. okay with the fact that I am. I mean, I'm not okay yeah. with it in the sense that like, oh, I don't need to change. But like, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm forgetting to say and articulate something that you just did, which is villains are nuanced, but they're still villains. Yes. <laughs> Heroes are nuanced but it is possible to do good things with good motives sometimes, like you've said. Right. 
Um, yes, I believe that. <laughs> I'm not going too far off the bend here. Um, but um, but that, I guess, is really the game changer, really, in this whole thing. That's what That's what settles my mind, is that the fog machine guy is not a bad guy. But what he's doing is bad. And he will be the bad guy as a result. You know, mm. it's just, it's, it's kind well, of, well, he's doing it because he's the bad guy, but I mean, that, that, that's how sin natures work. Like we're sinful. Yeah. We do sin because we are sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not sinful because we do sin. True. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, but I, I mean, really part of this, if that is the case, like if it is the case that you're thinking, Oh, the fog machine guy, I have to be nice to him because I want people to be nice to me. Like that's just a failure to understand the gospel. Like, mm. like the gospel does not come to us and say, you've done a lot of sin, but sometimes you had motives that you thought were good. Mm-hmm. So Jesus decided to die for you because he thought, you but know, you're not saying that, that you were all when right. we're good. We're accidentally good, right? No, I mean like, like, um, you're good in spite of yourself. Maybe. So what, what about the, I'm sorry to complicate this. Cause I, no, go I, ahead. I do this all the time, but the good guy, not the good guy, a guy or a gal, um, who does a good thing and does it for a good reason. Mm-hmm. What can we say about that person that he did a good thing? Does a good thing for a good reason? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, this is, this is how you learn your, how to subtract and, and add and all with negatives, right? When a good boy does a good thing, he's good. When a good boy does a bad thing, it's bad. But yeah, but when a bad did, boy doesn't, didn't you just kind of say that you can't do that though? Uh, because of our so. innate sinfulness and. Oh no, no, no. Like what I'm trying to say is we need to be, we need to know that the gospel doesn't let us off the hook. True. It puts somebody else on the hook. Right. Yeah. And, and in order for, in order for us to really understand the gospel, we need to understand that we're bad mm-hmm. and we need to, to like come to terms with the fact that we really are bad, that we had bad motives that we thought were good and we did bad things that we thought were good mm-hmm. and that they were bad and that God was going to send us to hell for that. Yeah. Like, and when you can do that for yourself, then it becomes possible to do that for the fog machine guy. It becomes possible to say, gee, this fog machine guy, like mm-hmm. he's doing something bad for motives that are actually still bad. Like some, mm-hmm. there's some mixed yeah. good motives in there and that he's yeah, trying yeah. to help his fellow man, but he's forgotten entirely about God's honor, about what God wants, about what God commands. He's mm-hmm. none of that matters to him. He's turned, you know, he's, he's turned uh, the worship of God into his own private canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the credit question was that I was what I was getting at, you know, like, uh, of course you agree that you can do good things sometimes. Right. Uh, and not, 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 not by, or not by accident, but you know, on purpose, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, I guess, you know, I want to make sure I don't take credit, you know? Right. Cause that's the gospel thing, right? You were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I want to make sure I don't take any credit, mm. but um, you can take credit for the evil stuff, you know? Yeah. If, if I do anything bad, it's all my fault. And if I do anything good, it's because yeah. of the Holy spirit, man, we're just real positive today in the yeah. <laughs> podcast. Oh, this is when my Calvinism really just kind of comes into play here. Doesn't it? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Okay. If it was predestined to indeed, where to go from here, David, I, I, what do we do? I don't know. I think that like, it's easy to talk it through like this with the fog machine guy, because mm-hmm. the fog machine guy is the, is the easy example. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least an easy example. Probably the abortion issue is is an easier example. Maybe the the maybe the coffee team gal who puts like not hardly any coffee at all in the thing, <laughs> and you drink it, and it's like really bad. I'm sorry. 
I was wondering David, where you like, were going with like, this. What can I say about that person? Because I think that person did something really bad. You know. <laughs> and sorry. <I'm, laughs> this is what I. This is my contribution to the are show. You, are you accusing me of something? No, no I am I, on the coffee team. I'm just trying to be stupid. Oh, hey, sorry. <clears throat> Although sometimes, though, I mean, you should you know put a little, little more pinch in there just for Jim. Okay. Um. No, but I guess I like like I know this is something that affects me. Like 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 I'm aware of this thing. I'm aware that like that it is a tendency in our culture to try to excuse people entirely mm. because they thought they were doing the right thing. But I still do it. Like it it's not as simple as like, oh, we've figured it out now. Like mm. like yeah. I think most of what we've said hasn't been new to anybody. But it's one of those flogging psychology things that you just, you have to be aware of when you're thinking through like moral issues, because people will frequently make the argument like, well, it's okay. He was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I brought up uh, in the, in the show notes, I was kind of brought up in a context where, and I feel like this is, this is common enough to, to be worth addressing where like, it's believed that in the old Testament, the law was concerned about outward actions. And in the new Testament, in the sermon on the Mount, especially Jesus comes and he says, no, 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 you guys, it's about the heart. You thought this when you were young, you're saying, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously it's still wrong to murder, but like it's only wrong to murder because you hate that person in your heart. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the main thing. The heart is the main thing. And the actions are only wrong because of the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, This is creative perception of, drastic change from what it was before, right? Say that again. So you're saying that that, that Sermon on the Mount right. maybe falsely created this perception that it was different before. Right. Well, and, and it's in, not even that way ways. now. Like, like yeah. our actions are wrong, even if our intentions are good. Like, if yeah. you do a bad thing, even if you meant to do a good thing, like, yeah. it's not just about the heart. It's it like, you know, the, the, yeah. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you tithe mint, you tithe cumin, you tithe dill, and you do these things while neglecting the weightier matters of the law. You should have done both. Yeah. <laughs> like you should love your neighbor. It's so obvious. And it's you stupid. should tithe down to the last detail. Like yeah. you, you should, you should follow the outward ordinances and the inward ordinances. And it has always been that way. Nothing has changed. You should keep that dill coming. Tithe that dill, <laughs> tithe that cumin. You keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was such a good pun. Yeah. Can we just end now? <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> but no, this is good. Do you think there are places where you do this? Do you think there are ways in which you you admit too much nuance or you admit nuance and as a result end up being entirely unnuanced? Every day. What's an example? I can't tell you. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean uh I mean I do this in little ways and in big ways. Hmm. Um I think that my nuance will be my excuse. Hmm. You know, um the very fact that you're aware of your nuanced moral decision making though is like kind of like it's just an indictment right away. Because I mean if you're that aware Oh yeah, you're like three steps into saying. Yeah, I mean, it's just like just. I mean, it's, it's just it's just fruitless. It's stupid. But nevertheless, um, I think I I think I utilize nuance as a way to. Well, this isn't this isn't so bad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because 
you know, I, I'm not the uber evil. I'm not the uber, uber evil guy. I'm not the uber evil guy. And I know I'm not the uber good guy. So I'm just going to just kind of be comfortable in my confusion, my moral confusion here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it won't be as bad. Mm-hmm. And I think I do that and probably excuses uh, sin yeah. in my own life. Um, I think I think I do the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really thinking of anything like specific here because this is just kind of something I do without. <laughs> it sounds weird. I do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I think about it, but you know what I mean, right? I do this every day, and um, I don't know if that's just a consequence of me not being the idealist that I was before. You know, mm-hmm. um, where all of life is just complicated nuance, and uh, you can't trust yourself, and uh, you're just you're just stumbling through life. Um, a hypocrite all the time and there's nothing you can do about it. So just, just be miserable and move on. <laughs> I know that's really probably, uh, probably uh, bad to hear, but uh, that's just kind of sometimes the feeling that I have. And when I snap out of it, hopefully I get more clear headed mm-hmm. and uh, bad is bad and right is right. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I ever do anything good, uh, it's because of uh, the Holy spirit in me um, predestined me for that good work. And um, the only thing I ever contribute to the gospel is the sin that made it necessary. Uh, a quote by me, by the way. Mm, I thought of that. The that was day. good. I'm going to put that on Instagram. Uh, and so yeah, well, in, in my less clear-headed moments, I re- just put it succinctly. I yeah, I I think I wallow in the nuance as a way to benefit myself. I, and you it's know? it's tricky because like I don't know, like like I, I I agree with you completely. Like there are times when I will admit nuance so that I can sin. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. It's bad, but you know, like I have reasons <laughs> <laughs> because reasons. Right. Um, but then at the same time, like it's also the case that like to protect your sanity as a person, it's important to be able to admit nuance, to be able to tell yourself like, I don't know if, if you live in a comic book world, and you are the villain. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is that we are all the villain. We are all totally depraved, mm-hmm. but we're also redeemed. Mm-hmm. And to live in a world without nuance is to say that the effects of redemption don't exist because I'm just a bad guy. I was a bad guy when I was like, like we need to be able to see ourselves yeah. grow. We need to be able to tell ourselves, well, I used to kill people for money, but now I only do it when I get really angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like there, there are steps to this process yeah. and, and I have taken some and like part of that is just part of that. It's just like mental health practically, mm-hmm. because if you, if you think that like the gospel has had no effect on you, then you should rightly start to question your salvation. So there needs to be some ability to say, yeah, I still do the bad things, but my reasons for them have changed. <laughs> and like, I could be worse. I used Boy, to be worse. This is uh this is a tough episode. We're getting into areas that like, uh, you know, um, hit home, hit close to home. Sarah and I have this conversation. I hate having to question my salvation when we record. Right. But like, you're making me do it. We should just baptize your children. Oh, Jim, I, just, I haven't felt anything about the gospel lately. So that must mean I'm not saved. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm glad my feelings don't matter. Uh, but no, the, 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 you mentioned earlier that the nuance is kind of like a mental health thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a de- defense mechanism against going insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I de- identify with that because without nuance, you know, I'm just, I'm a monster. Mm-hmm. I'm, How to can be I fair. possibly be redeemed? Because this is what I feel. And just, just the turmoil that that causes is just, it's tiring to me, you know? Um, 
And to be fair, you are a monster on a cosmic I level. Am. That that I know for sure. Okay. <laughs> but, but but I guess what I mean is like our sin is so much worse. Wow, that, that yeah. was some peaking right there. Our sin is so much worse than we ever think about. Like like our mm-hmm. sin against a perfectly holy God who sent his son to die on the cross to mm-hmm. forgive us for that sin, even after we know that. All like, of those cosmic treasons that we just don't really have the capacity to comprehend, right? Right. But uh, like, and, and we need to be able to recognize that because that's the state of the world. But we also do need to be able to look at it from another perspective mm-hmm. to see signs of grace, to see that God is actually working. Yeah. Like, like we need to see ourselves as the consummate comic book villain who, yeah. who is incorrigibly bad. Very hard to do in your head. Right. And then, and then also turn around and see yourself as the, the, as the redeemed child of God who, mm-hmm. who is slowly but surely learning to walk and not poop on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to get there though. Um, sometimes. And uh, Sarah and I have conversations all the time where, yeah, like I'll have done something that hurts her mm-hmm. and, and we will like, I'll realize that it hurt her. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mean to do it. Like I didn't right. mean to hurt her. It was yeah. just a thing that I did that like, I didn't realize your foot we're was there with, and I stepped on it. We're all with you there so far. <laughs> that's not, Waiting that's for the much, <laughs> but, but what gets tricky is it's the exact same problem where it sounds like I'm trying to justify myself. Like, yeah. like I need to be able to say to her, In our bad moments, what we, I did to yeah. you was wrong. It hurt you. I'm sorry, but for your sanity, so you know that I love you, <laughs> please understand I'm not Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't pull that's a Jafar. Good. That's good. I though. made a mistake. Or that's, I, the, that's the good way of doing that. You know? <laughs> well, the, yeah. Uh, in, in, in my best <laughs> moments, that's how it goes too. <laughs> but in our worst moments, we, or use, most moments. <laughs> we use the nuance to justify <laughs> or, right. or not really justify, but I think a thing that at least I do is like, I try to convince my wife that she shouldn't feel the way that she feels because I didn't mean to. Yes, yes. Well, is, guys, guys, everyone <laughs> listening to this show, <laughs> take it from your old pal Jim and David. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, and it's so frustrating because like oh, if it could just work, it would be great because <laughs> because like the reason she's upset is actually illegitimate. She thinks something oh, happened that no. didn't. <laughs> and if she understood oh. that it didn't, she wouldn't be upset. But Man, that's not how emotions work, getting, evidently. We're getting real here. <laughs> we are. We're hitting close to real home. player one. We're hitting, uh, we're hitting close to home. Um, yeah, the, the nuance, um, I have used, um, in order to, um, uh, justify myself. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said earlier, um, for your sanity, that's a great line. I don't think I'll use it that way, but that's a good, it's a good point. It's, I, I want, I desperately want my, even though some people tell me to shut up, like I told you last week, just, just sometimes just shut up, <laughs> maybe utilize that every now and then. But I think it is good to at least let them know, just, just know that I wasn't trying to ruin your life there. I wasn't trying to hurt you. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, it wasn't my goal and that I want that person to know that that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Hopefully that helps. Doesn't always work. Yeah. It, it you know? never helps with the thing that happened, but it helps yeah, yeah, them yeah. later when they're thinking, does, does Jim love me? <laughs> yeah. D- is Jim a complete monster or sort of well, not one? just, is he a monster? But like when you're married to somebody, like if you find out that that person actually hates you and goes out of his way to hurt you. Oh dear. Like, like when, when, yeah. if you start thinking about it that way, that hurts you. It like, add, it adds injury to injury. It's tough. And so it's actually important to have that clarifying moment, at least yeah. for, for our relationship, especially early on when like, yeah, we said I do, but like, are you really on board with this? <laughs> um, I'm sensing somewhat of a side note. I'm sensing that you and I are eventually going to talk about mental health again. 
Oh, I'm sure. We drop it a lot in, in these discussions and I always kind of perk up because I always think, oh, wow, that's a good point. <laughs> I need to write that down, you know, uh, but. Well, this is great. Um, we we somehow managed you somehow managed to relate this to uh, our our relationships with our spouses. <laughs> this this topic of superhero comic model of villainy and evil. Mm-hmm. That's a well, and you it's a master stroke right there. But this is where it gets practical. You 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 uh, zigged when I expected you to zag. You, oh, what did I do? You got real mm. when I asked you, "Do you do this?" I was thinking more along the lines of, do you do this to other people? Do you do the, are there fog machine guys in your life that you're doing oh, this to? Oh yeah. So but that was a really worthwhile discussion. So I'm so, glad yeah. we had it. Well, cause I definitely do. Um, that's all I've been thinking about this whole <laughs> recording time is just how, a, how of a bad person I am. Um, who, do I do this to who are the fog machine guys in my life? Cause, he, um, cause I know that you've, you've said to me, I this might I've be another, this. another whole episode, but yeah. you have said to me like, well, I, I guess that's true, but what have I just consigned that person to? I remember a, a, a handful of moments where you've basically said like, what you're saying is probably right, but I'm not going to think about it because that's like, I'm saying something really bad about that person and I don't want to do that. I believe that I probably said that. And I know this, David, mm-hmm. I've been evolving on this show. <laughs> you and me talking. <laughs> I have too. I have, uh, I'm not the guy who recorded episode one. I've changed in some <laughs> ways. You that know? was past Jim. That was, that was, that was another version of dumb Jim. Um, but uh, but I'm struggling to kind of think of a really specific. I am too, to be example fair. for you. But I, I just I just suspect that I that I do this, and I, I do believe that I was the person who probably said that. You know, uh, what do we then? What do we consign this person to? Because I might resist just saying, you know, well, to heck with this guy. Right. Let's, well, I mean, let's, ho- let's let's kick him out of the church and and maybe set him on fire. I don't know. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, Serve it us. Serve it us. Uh, um, but anyways, um, yeah, because I am, I am. After all, I try to be, I try to be nuanced in my expression on this show. But I am probably more of a product of our current evangelical culture than you are. Hmm. You're a product too, but you've changed a little bit. You've you've taken a couple of pivots. And, and I've also just never been good at complying with the collective, like. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I, I tend to miss what's going on around me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah. tend to fall in line, not because I yeah. don't want to, but because I, what's everybody doing? Hold on. <laughs> well, I'm after all the rebel of the two, which, you know, is also, it's, it's also turning into somewhat of a ridiculous thing because there are all these things that I'm conforming to that you're pointing out. <laughs> right. But you know, me, well, and, and I'm the rebel in some things, but I am, I am grappling with some unseen connections that I've had with our, you know, our dispensational Baptist evangelical culture mm. that I lived in and never questioned for so long, you longer than me. Uh, but I'm still holding on to some of those mm. things. And when I hear about the fog machine guy, I want to like immediately come to his defense right. for reasons that we've talked about today. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's such a tricky thing because there are people out there who will go up to that guy and say, you're going to hell. Yeah. Or, or like there are people out there who, We'll bring the law, but we'll neglect to bring the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you know what, David? Side note: You managed to gospel center the superhero uh, comic model of villainy. And don't evil. tell me that you did. It's kind of what you did. I just thought I'd <laughs> point that out. Anyways, you were saying I'm not wearing the t-shirt though. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I'm about to gospel center. I guess the fog guy too, because Go the the we need to be okay with admitting how bad th- this is. This is like half of life. Is like you need to be able 
I'm going to use a, a another marriage metaphor here, another oh. ma- marriage uh, anecdote here. Oh. Sarah thinks that I am extremely negative. I think that I'm extremely realistic, and this is commonly a, th- a thing like that exists okay. in the world where the the, the two, you have two spouses. One thinks the two people. One thinks that he's realistic, and the other person thinks he's negative. True, and it's not always because the other person is is uh, an optimist. Thanos thought he was re- being realistic. He he did, yeah. You and Thanos. So when something bad okay. happens, you know, mm-hmm. Sarah and I are, we're driving to, uh, we are driving. You buy two Baconators and none for her. Right. <laughs> we're driving David to Seattle and, uh, the, you know, we run out of gas or we, mm. we, you know, we get a flat tire and we're in the middle of nowhere. Mm. I am the person who immediately starts rattling off all of the things that are bad about our situation. <laughs> Oh, you are so insufferable. And I do this because once I've done that, now I have a handle on it on the situation. Okay. <laughs> and now my mind is clear. I can oh. figure out what our next step is. <laughs> and she finds this maddening for good reason. As you pointed out, <laughs> uh, almost involuntarily just this now, is, this is David's process. <laughs> These are all the ways we are going to be devoured by wild animals. Uh, method one. <laughs> right. Well, that that's the thing is like, I would be thinking about like, okay, yeah. well, what wild, like if I go run for a, for a spare tire, like, like, where is it? What's do we have internet? Where was the last place we had an internet? Like, I guess this is the day we're going to be eaten alive by a badger. So I'm, th- I'm thinking through all of these things and doing it out loud. And, <laughs> and she's just like, David's freaking out. David is like incorrigible. Now he's just yeah. going to like crawl up into the fetal position. And she's trying to tell me that it's not that bad. Mm. that like it, it, it's actually better than what you're making it out to be. Yes. And like it kind of is, but it really isn't like it's exactly as bad as I'm saying that it is, but there are also positive things that I haven't bothered getting to yet <laughs> yet, <laughs> but, but that doesn't like, like I guess my, my failure to describe the situation accurately, accurately is that of omission, not of making things up. Mm. But, but what's frustrating to her is it really feels like I'm freaking out. But for me, what I'm trying to do in the moment is get a handle on how bad the situation is. Like, for me, it's much scarier to be in a situation that's bad and I don't know how bad than to be in whatever size actual bad situation we could be in. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of my process is like, okay, how bad is this thing? Because otherwise I will spiral. Otherwise I will think the, the world is literally going to end. But once I get to the end of my list and the world is literally going to end isn't on that list, I'm like, well, okay, it could be worse. Well, if you and I are ever lost in the cascades together right. and you start doing your thing, I will have patience for you. You'll understand. Marriage is so sanctifying. <laughs> it is so sanctifying because these little habits of ours that we display in front of our spouse and they react the way they do. <laughs> I think that's there for our good. <laughs> yes. I think it really is. But, uh, but yeah. So, so the reason I bring this up is with the fog machine guy. In order, like, I think that I think I'm, I'm right to figure out how bad the problem is before I try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like so much of life, getting getting solutions to problems, right? Uh, so much of life is figuring out what is actually wrong. And mm-hmm. actually, once you understand the problem, you're like 80% of the way to a solution. Yeah. And with the with the fog machine guy, if you really want to help him, you don't make excuses for him. You understand exactly how bad what he's doing is. And you understand the the sides of it that are that are nuanced, the sides of it that maybe maybe he really does love his fellow parishioners and really does want to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to understand all of it. And and some of that you're not going to like. Some of that's going to make you feel bad because you realize you do the same things. Some of that's going to make mm-hmm. some of that's going to make you feel like True. uncomfortable because you're being really condemning. Yeah. Um, but once you do that, then, you know, the one who's loved much or sorry, the one who's forgiven much loves much. 
Right. You can come to that person and you can tell them all the things that are, I mean, this is never going to work. Like, just don't try this with your fog machine guy. <laughs> but, but you certainly couldn't do it if you hadn't gotten there. Like, like when, once, once you've figured out everything that's wrong and you understand the situation, then you're able to come into the situation and talk to the person and, and help them and help them understand what they're doing wrong and also apply the gospel to that. Like, but until you do that, if, if your reaction is to make sin seem smaller so that we can all be sane, mm. that's not the right solution. You yeah. need to understand the actual situation. How big yeah. really is the sin? And then also, what are the factors that make the sin not as big as it could be? Yeah. Well, um, what a great way to end the show, actually. A succinct summation of what to do with Mr. Fog Machine Man. Hopefully. Yeah, after all, we have, to, we have to figure that out. I saw a deep voice man running around with a fog machine. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, uh, we will uh, we will get out of here, and we'll see you all next week. Hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, David, you uh, you close us out. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I've just said something. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll go. Bye bye.